Principal Matters Podcast, episode 220. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, which we cover you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about Aspire in Leadership with Joshua Stamper. This week, I had the privilege of being interviewed by Joshua Stamper for his podcast, Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast. And Jimmy Casas, a mutual friend of ours, had encouraged Joshua and I to connect about my new book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator. But what a treat it was to sit in the room with Joshua Stamper via Zoom and share not only about the book, but several other topics, including lessons in the leadership journey, why leaders must breathe first, how we both began podcasting, and tips for aspiring leaders. But before I jump into today's episode, which is really a simulcast because Joshua gave me permission to not only be on his podcast, but to share that recording with you, I want to also share some quick feedback from Eddie Triger, an assistant principal at North Chatham Elementary School in North Carolina. Hi, Will. This is Eddie Trigar in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, I was in your reopening mastermind, and I just wanted to tell you a way that Pause, Breathe, Flourish has impacted me. Um, I ran cross-country in high school and college, and after college I started running marathons, and then I bought a house and had kids, and the next thing I knew I hadn't been running in 20 years. When I was reading about your running routine in the book, I was inspired to buy a new pair of running shoes and try to make exercise a priority again. I found that when I run after work, it reduces my stress and I sleep better at night. But best of all, my 10-year-old son asked if he could start running with me. And that's opened the door to some amazing conversations with him and uh, time that's really well spent. The running has allowed me to take care of myself and also to spend quality time with my son. Uh, We signed up for a 5K in December, and I'm really excited to share the experience of of running one of those with him. So thank you for the reminder uh, in your book that there's more to life than what happens at school. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie, for that very encouraging feedback. I'm so excited every time I get to hear from anyone who is learning and connecting and then applying lessons from Pause, Breathe, Flourish, or from this podcast. You can find a copy of Pause, Breathe, Flourish, Living Your Best Life as an Educator at my website at williamdparker.com or at connected2ds.org. Also, maybe you're looking for the opportunity to share a book like Pause, Breathe, Flourish, with others, maybe your staff, or maybe a large group of folks that you would like to do a book study with. If so, feel free to reach out to me at my email address at will at williamdparker.com if you'd like a discounted rate for bulk orders. Again, you can email me at will at williamdparker.com and I'll connect you with my friends at Connect Ed to talk about discount orders that you could share with others. Before I transition to the conversation that Joshua Stamper and I had, let me give you a little bit of background on Joshua. Joshua Stamper is 
a middle school assistant principal for North Texas School District, where he's had the amazing opportunity to work at four campuses, two districts, and with hundreds of students, teachers, and administrators. Prior to his current position, he was a classroom educator and athletic coach for six years, working with students in grades six through eight. He and his wife, Leslie, have five children. And in addition to his administrative position, Joshua is a podcaster, blogger, leadership coach, and education presenter. I am so excited to introduce you to Joshua through this conversation, and I just encourage you to check out his amazing podcast, Aspire the Leadership Development Podcast, at his website, joshstamper.com. William, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Joshua Stamper, it is such a an honor to sit in this room with you. And as you were saying right before we started recording, that when Jimmy Costas calls and says, you two guys need to meet, then it's going to happen. And so I'm it so is. thankful. Jimmy, if you're out there listening, thank you for introducing me to Joshua. But Joshua, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, it, the, the honor is all mine. And um, you're so, so right that when Jimmy calls and says, hey, you need to connect with this person, um, that says a lot about you and who you are as a leader too, um, that, that Jimmy would say such wonderful things. And before we begin talking about all of the amazing projects that you have going, I would love to hear about your leadership journey. Yeah, well, you know, my leadership journey in education began a long time ago in 1993 when I was a high school teacher and uh, and then 11 years into that journey, made the transition into school administration mm. um, as an assistant principal. And um, I, if you, you know, if you talk about the origins of, of leadership, I think they go far back beyond that. I, I had a dad who was a, a great role model, um, a Northwest Tennessee family, very rural community, but dad was uh, in the military um, and then uh, ran his own business uh, there in that area until he retired. And when I came to Oklahoma to go to college, I had the the opportunity um, to earn a scholarship as a resident advisor where they, they actually taught us leadership, which was something unique for me, but it was exciting. And when I stepped into teaching, I loved um, not only the the pedagogy part of education, but also just the the development of, you know, the, the being able to, um, at that time, we didn't call it social emotional learning, but the SEL sure. part of what we call it now, um, developing in, in students that um, the character side of learning too. And so when I stepped mm-hmm. into school leadership and um, in the uh, early 2000s, uh, I was excited about the opportunity, but Joshua, I'm sure just like you, I was also quickly overwhelmed yes. with, 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 with the responsibilities that, that come with leadership. And so um, I know we're going to talk in just a little bit about my new book, but that leadership journey um, led me almost to resigning and leaving the profession. And I'll be happy to tell the story in just a minute, but, mm-hmm. but over the years as I've, um, as I've learned that leadership is really not about me, but about serving other people, uh, I've begun to, to hopefully um, adapt and learn tools and, and relationship um, strategies that help me to, to serve, which is what leadership is all about. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it. you have a new book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, and, and we'll definitely dive into that because it's such a wonderful resource for our leaders and aspiring leaders, but I want to talk about kind of that balance piece, right? Because 
your story sounds very familiar because, you know, when I jumped into leadership, you know, I thought I was going to just take over the world and help the campus and all these different ways. And, and I quickly found out that what I thought was not really my reality and my impact was very, very different. So for those who are jumping into a new position in leadership, you know, what are some things that can help them with, with balance? Well, I think first of all, it's important to, I always try to tell people two things, Joshua, that sounds so contradictory. So if listeners, if you can just be patient, I'll unpack both of these. The first thing I try to tell people is that you are um, not as important as you think, yep. um, which means that uh, the school existed before you were there and it will exist after you're gone. And so sometimes I think we have this inflated idea of, of our own presence and importance when we step into leadership that's really not realistic. And then on the flip side, I like to remind people that you're more important than you think you are. And, and by saying that, I'm not saying that, you're, that you should nurse your ego, but what I'm saying is that the small things that you do every single day to build trust, to show integrity, to, to, um, to build meaningful relationships, those small things really matter. And so who you are as a person every single day will help set the foundation for the kind of leadership that you're going to develop in your work. So I know that sounds like a, a contradiction that you're not as important as you think you are, but you're more important than you think you are. But I think it's important to keep those two ideas in balance, to, to walk into leadership with humility, um, but then make sure that you're focusing on what matters most. Mm -hmm. So after my first year, I almost gave up being an administrator because I was I felt like I was failing more than I was being successful. I know you had some struggles kind of in your origin story also. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with, you know, our listeners, what were some of those struggles? Yeah. Well, Josh, we were talking before about being fathers, you know, you're the father mm -hmm. of five and I'm the father of four. And when yeah. I stepped into school administration, my children were really small then. And I can still remember um, that first year, especially being an assistant principal, just the overwhelming schedule, especially at the high school level when you're doing evening activities and you're, and you're primarily in charge of discipline as the assistant principal, at least at the setting I was in. Um, and so I was learning all of those things, plus evaluating and observing teachers and managing parent conversations. And the first year, frankly, my wife was really patient with my new um, position because she knew I had a lot to learn. And every new position, it requires you to just give a lot that first year to be able to understand the work itself. But in the middle of year two, um, I remember coming home one night, maintaining that same cycle of getting up super early in the morning, jumping on emails, getting my day ready, leaving out the door, heading into school, eating on the run, barely doing anything, but just working all day long and then staying late for activities and then getting home right before the kids would go to sleep and trying to read them bedtime stories. And I, my kids still tease me that they would literally like hit me in the chest to keep me awake just so that I could get through one story, <laughs> put them, you know, finish bedtimes, pull up on my laptop and then start working again until I could barely stay awake. And this was my normal routine. And one night when I came home to do that routine, my wife sat down beside me after we had put the kids to bed and she just had a very frank conversation with me. And she told me, you know, Will, I feel like you have become a shell of the man that you used to be. And the kids and I have decided that you are a father and a husband on the weekends only. Mm -hmm. and, and she said it with just simple resignation. It wasn't like bitterness or trying to make me feel guilty. Just this, this is just the way it is, Will. And I just want, I want you to know. Yeah. And so that night um, when she went to bed, I sat down and I wrote 
um, instead of working, I opened up my laptop and I wrote a letter of resignation. And I just explained in that letter that um, this was the crossroads that I had come to in realizing how um, I had been unable to find a balance in both leadership and caring for myself and my family. Um, and I took that letter of resignation to my office the next day and I placed it in a folder and I put it on the corner of my desk. And um, I told myself, I'm either going to try to begin new habits with this work or at the end of the school year, I'm changing professions. And every day when I was working and I would look over and see that folder, I was reminding myself of some things that I needed to do again, mm -hmm. like eat a healthy lunch or find someone to have a conversation with, not just work all, you know, throughout every moment of the day or leave early when I could so that I could actually reconnect with my kids or get up in the morning and instead of working, go for a jog around the neighborhood so that my physical health was, um, was growing to not just, just not just my work life, but all of those other areas of life the spiritual, the, the, uh, the physical, the relational. And so, um, and Joshua, that wasn't like, Oh, you know, it wasn't a silver bullet. It wasn't a, a quick fix, but over right. time, as I began to reinvest in those areas of my life, um, what I discovered is, and you know, this too, I actually began to, I think, get better at my work. And yeah. so, so instead of it, which is crazy because when you, you think if you work harder, you'll get better. But instead what I found was when I invested in those areas of growth in my own self-care, then I was becoming more creative and a better problem solver and was enjoying my work again. And so that's the, that's the origin um, story of, of when I almost left. Um, and then seven years after, I think it, it was 2012. And I'm only telling this as a, as a way to celebrate um, the progress, but I, I, I was named the Oklahoma assistant principal of the year in 2012. Mm, and awesome. when I was standing in Washington DC with my family um, receiving that award, I remember that night when I was talking to my wife mm -hmm. and just like the, the moment of celebration for us as a family, when that could have ended a lot differently. Oh yeah. I mean, if you would have continued the way you did, let's say, let's pretend your wife didn't have that conversation there's no way you're standing on that stage getting that award. Um, no, uh, or I might've been standing there alone. Right. No, it's true. <laughs> it's very, That's true. very true. Yeah. And so, um, and so I'm not saying that is a, is a way to say that, you know, do these things and you will, you know, love your job or you'll uh, become an assistant principal of the year. I know life sometimes throws things at us that are beyond our mm -hmm. control, but I do, I am committed to, those areas of my life that help me be better in my work. And Joshua, I, I see the same thing in you. I mean, you're a father and a, an administrator, and yet here we are connecting in the evening um, because you take time for a passion area yeah. of your life because it's going to reinvigorate you for the work that you're going to do tomorrow when you step into school. Most definitely. The burnout that, on, that occurred or almost occurred was saved due to my podcast. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. But just like you said, it, it sounds like you're producing more work, but actually it's, it's filling my cup and, and mm -hmm. it makes me a better administrator every single day because of the conversations and the connections I make with people like yourself. Yeah. And, and, and that's my story too. When I started blogging and podcasting, I was trying to find a way to exercise some of those other areas of my life that I'd given up to, because I love to write mm -hmm. and communicate. And when I had become a principal, that was, that was an area that I didn't feel like I had an opportunity to exercise a lot. And so blogging, kind of became that outlet for me. And then podcasting, same thing. I just found so much joy 
and learning and that became a way for me to, to marry both my work and something that was um, enjoyable. So we'll talk about the blogging piece too in your podcast, because I definitely want to touch on that because, you know, I really want to hone in on the passion project component, but I also want to talk about your book because it's fantastic. And um, I know, you know, Jimmy Casas, Jeff Zuhl helped you with this project. Um, Pause, breathe, flourish, just real quick for our Mm -hmm. listeners, if they haven't had a chance to read your book yet, can you just give a quick synopsis? Yeah. So, you know, I know this is an analogy that's probably overused now, but um, the concept for this book came in a couple of ways. One of them came from, uh, I'm a frequent flyer now that I, I, I have the opportunity to speak and, um, and consult leaders in other places. And when you're sitting on the airplane, although I haven't been traveling during COVID, sure. um, but when I was writing this book, I would, when I would hear the airline attendant give the speech about when, if the, if the cabin loses pressure and an oxygen mask drop down, make sure that you place it on yourself first before the person beside you. And I would hear that over and over again. And and I would be thinking how few leaders do I know that actually practice that Mm. there because we, we are committed to service, you know, we're committed to, to helping others. Um, But so often I see people who are constantly putting the oxygen masks on everyone else while they're, while they're, failing to breathe themselves and eventually they're just going to pass out or burn out. And so, um, so when I had the idea for pause, breathe and flourish, I wanted to think about what are ways that we can, that we can stop as leaders and reflect on those areas of our lives where we may need to be reinvesting. And so Joshua, I broke that into, in this book into 10 chapters and because, and I just tried to think of the things that I would want to tell leaders if I was able to just sit down just like we are or have coffee with someone and just talk mm-hmm. about, okay, these are some things to be thinking about in revisiting. So the book itself is broken into chapters on, on your, your body, your nutrition, your mind, your influence, your time, your friendships, your spirituality, your, your resources, your intimacy, your future, your legacy. Uh, and uh, I have an epilogue on laughter, um, but just those areas of our lives that when we take time to invest reflect, um, then I think we, we become better people for the mm-hmm. work that we're trying to do in helping others. So within your book, I think those are interesting words that you honed in on because those aren't your typical words, right? Like friendships, what does that got to do with being a better leader? Or, you know, um, I mean, there's so many words that come to mind that are not your typical things that you hear about or read about. So what were so important about those words or those components in your own life to help other leaders? Yeah. Well, you know, I could, we could walk through each one of those. Let me just take that word friendships for just sure. a minute and we'll, we'll go there. Um, there are so many times in our lives, Joshua, where we face things that are bigger than we are. And I think in school leadership, we face those things with the people on our teams, but there are things that happen outside of school leadership too, that are bigger than we are. Um, mm-hmm. And so often it's the relationships that you have often in school, but a lot of times outside of school that are going to provide you with support and strength that you wouldn't have otherwise. In the chapter on friendship, I, I, I actually cite some research that shows that psychologists have studied um, individuals who are looking at an incline, they're looking at a hill. And if, if you can study the, the amount of um, stress that that person is experiencing while looking at that obstacle, and but place them in the presence of a friend or even make them think of a friend, their anxiety level immediately goes down. 
And so I think sometimes we, we forget the simple things like that. Like even in our friendships, the, the importance of investing in those relationships that will hopefully be with us long after we've left our schools um, and hopefully can sustain us when we hit those times in our lives that are, that are long beyond our controls. I'll give you a really poignant example that's not in the book, but um, about 10 years ago, my oldest brother died unexpectedly. Um, our whole family had come together for a reunion. He was out with one of my other brothers at the lake in a boat and he collapsed. He had a heart attack. He was only 46 years old. And um, it was the most devastating thing that had ever happened in my life personally. Um, and I can still remember um, the, you know, the grief, the family um, memorial coming back to school after all of that was over. And I was sitting in the office with a friend um, who had come to the school to check on me. And uh, he was actually a student resource officer that I had worked with. And he had just come in my office and, and he just wanted to hear the story. And I'll never forget that moment, Joshua, because here's this, you know, the strong officer sitting across my desk and he just starts crying. Hmm. And I, I've never forgotten that moment because of all of the, moments of grief that I had had in the loss of my brother, it was sitting in the presence of a friend that I, I found something that was so much more meaningful than I would have found um, in any other context. And so I just tell you that as an example, to be vulnerable, that, yeah. there, you know, those are the kinds of relationships that, and those are the kinds of moments that that only people who care deeply about you can provide. And that only happens when you're taking time to invest in each other's lives so that you have that kind of trust. Well, and that's a different level, right? As far as, I guess that's the goal as a leader is to have relationships with your, with the people that you work with that you can be vulnerable with and to trust in and, and to have these moments that when you need to be picked up, you're there for them. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know if there's a good segue, but I do want to talk about. Yeah. Another... I, like I'm telling you like such a sad story and then we're like, okay, now let's change, let's change the topics. So let me, uh, let me talk about another project of yours. Cause I, it is something that I think is as rich as your book. It's just a different form of media, which is your podcast. And as a podcaster myself, if it gives me great joy to hear other path, other podcasters share about their podcast origin. So how did you come across podcasting and, and what drove you to do that? Cause I know you've been doing it for three years now. Well, th thank you, Joshua. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever been asked that question while podcasting. So let me, uh, <laughs> let me just, and let me just say to listeners that um, you and I decided ahead of time to kind of re co-record this. So yes. if, uh, if folks are listening to this on my side, on the principal matter side, then you just got, to, you're going to get to hear me talk about something that I, maybe I haven't unpacked. Um, before and Joshua, for your listeners, um, I have. You, you can find all my content at my website at williamdparker.com. So um, I started uh, podcasting uh, several years ago when I had first been blogging, and um, for me, the whole passion of podcasting came just because I was listening to podcasts. And um, as I was um, creating a blog and sharing content out with leaders, one of the questions that I had was like, how do I, how do I share this content out farther than just my family and friends? Like, how do I get this content out in ways that um, that other people out there who do the kind of work that I do might enjoy this? And so um, this may be more than you asked for, Joshua, but I was actually thinking um, 
I had a, a at that time I had about a 30 minute commute to get to to the school that I worked at. And so it was a great time to to listen to content. And so I was um, listening to some leadership podcasts. Michael Hyatt had a leadership podcast at the time. Uh, he still does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Dave Ramsey had started one at the time too. And his was called, um, I think like Entree Leadership or something like that. And so I was listening to these, these people on these podcasts and they were so enjoyable. And um, one of the guests that was on uh, one of those podcasts, and I can't remember now if it was Ramsey's or, or Michael Hyatt's, was a guy named John Lee Dumas. And John Lee Dumas had a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. And he was just talking about um, interviews that he was doing every single day with business owners who had started businesses, a lot of them online, and the lessons they were learning in uh, developing their own content and their own businesses. And so I went over to iTunes and found his podcast. And so I actually sent him an email and asked him at that time, I wasn't podcasting, I was just doing a blog. And so I was sharing written interviews with people. So I asked him, could I interview you for my blog? And, and I sent him a list of questions and he sent me back the content. And, and at that time he had like 200,000 downloads of his podcast and he was all excited. And, and if you know anything about John Lee Dumas, he's had millions of downloads. Now he's one of the most, he's one of the most famous podcasters out there. So I began listening to his show and it became kind of a passion side project for me to like, listen to people talk about how they actually took their, these ideas and turn them into a business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, um, and so uh, that led me to another podcast um, by a guy named Pat Flynn, who's got oh, yeah. a podcast called um, um, Smart Passive Income. And it was through Pat Flynn that I discovered uh, a YouTube tutorial that he had put together on, uh, it's like a six piece tutorial on how to podcast. And so this was, um, after, so I, I just, was I was listening now for several months to all these different podcasters and really enjoying it. And so I think it was over a Christmas break. I just decided I'm going to learn to podcast. Yeah. And so I just took the time and I listened to, or watched every one of the YouTube videos and I took notes and I would pause and I would, I had, you know, my Google doc going of all the different things I need to do. And I just step-by-step began to figure out how to create the plugins that I needed on my website, how to record audio correctly, how to upload it to Libsyn, how to take that and place it into my WordPress, how to publish that, um, and then how to track those uh, and, and, and create all those feeds. And, and I've told friends of mine, if, if you held a gun to my head and said, show me how to podcast, Will, I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> I would die. <laughs> but, I could, but I could point you to Pat Flynn's six piece tutorial on how to podcast. And, uh, and, and I just follow the formula, you know, in terms of like how to do those things. So I, I always tell people, I'm not naturally a techie person, but I'm willing to just take really big things and break them down into small bites until I can mm-hmm. figure something out. And it really has been such a joy. I'm at uh, 219 or 20 episodes now and wow. uh, just having so much fun. Um, creating it and getting to meet people like you. I mean, meeting so many friends that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah. It's been quite the, quite the journey for myself too. And um, yeah. Yeah, So so give me, give me your quick origin. Oh, my quick origin. Oh goodness. So I don't know if this is going to be short and I'm supposed to be interviewing you. So this is weird to be interviewed by you also. Um, So as far as the origin story, I was in my last district, I was a part of a, aspiring leadership program. And we did it for two years. It was a pilot program. And so it, we did so well that the district actually took it over. (laughs) So I was longing to still work with aspiring leaders, but I didn't really have an outlet for that. And so 
Um, I went and visited Todd and Sloney at his elementary school in Novasota, Texas. And um, when I got there, it was in the afternoon after school and he was recording teachers, or not teachers, I'm sorry, uh, Kids Deserve It with Adam Welcome. And I just sat down and watched him during that process. And it was, I was fascinated by it because of course I listened to podcasts, but I'd never actually seen one in, in process. And so when he was done, I just like launched a thousand questions at him about what, what, what were you doing? How do you post it? You know, all that kind of stuff. And after having that conversation, I was, I just said, I wonder if I should do that for aspiring leaders. And he's like, you totally should. And then it took me like five months of really unpacking it. What is my vision? What does it even look like? I don't even know where to start and mm -hmm. getting the courage to actually push that record button. And once I did the first episode, I did it with Todd because <laughs> I was like, you got to be my first guest and yeah. you're the, the whole reason behind this. Um, I've never looked back and yeah, two and a half years later. Oh, what a great story. And, and what I love about that too, Joshua is, and I'm saying this for listeners too, is that, you know, there's so many times that we see something we want to do, but then um, executing it is sometimes it's, it's often what's keeping us from reaching that goal. And um, I, you know, that's the same story when I started writing books, this is my mm -hmm. third book. And when I decided to do my first one, um, you know, that it's an overwhelming journey to, to yes. accomplish a goal like that. But once you've done it, you can look back at the steps that you've learned from it and then reapply it to another project or reapply mm -hmm. it to, to the next situation that you're into. So it's exciting. And, um, and that's a great story. I love that. So, William, I want to talk to you about aspiring leadership, because obviously this is kind of my, my niche, right? So for our aspiring leaders who are listening to you and maybe they're thinking about going into leadership, or maybe they've already made that commitment, they're in a master's program, but they don't know what the next step should be. What are some, some tips that you can provide to help them grow in their leadership journey? Yeah. Oh, I thank you for asking that question. And I'm so glad you reminded me of the focus, because um, if you are an aspiring leader, um, in, in you're thinking about like, what is that next thing that I want to do? Let me just give you a few things that I think would be helpful. Um, and I'm sure these are things you've heard before. Um, first of all, be excellent in the work that you're doing right now. So whatever that is, if you're teaching, if you're planning to teach, if you're already in school administration, whatever it is that you're, that it is, maybe you're a teacher's assistant listening to this, but whatever it is, be excellent in that work because your reputation in, in that work is going to be what sets the stage for the work that you'll do next. Yep. Second, I would say, use every single opportunity as an as a as an interview moment. And, and let me explain what I mean by that, Joshua. You never know what who is in the audience to whom you're speaking. So right now, you and I are possibly speaking to someone who is an aspiring leader, who three or four years from now may be leading a building or stepping into district leadership. 10 years from now, he or she may be the superintendent of a, of a large district, small district. We don't know, but we may be, we may be speaking to somebody right now whose abilities to lead are going to far surpass the things you and I are doing. And they may be affecting and influencing people in, in much larger scales than you and I are. And so look at every single situation that you're in as I, I call them interview moments, because you know, we may be speaking to someone someday, Joshua, that wants to hire us to do work for them or with them, or maybe reaching back to us for 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 help. And so, um, when I was um, working on my degree to become a, a school admin, and I would show up to my evening classes, 
um, I would still try to sit near the front. I would still try to work really hard in that class. I would still try to meet everybody in the room. I would still try to, if there was a guest speaker, remember that person's name and, and, and collect their contact information because not because um, I'm trying to manipulate situations, but I'm trying to make the most of every situation. Yep. So, so I think it's so, I think that's so important. Um, and then the other thing I would say is just listen to feedback from other people, you know, be open to feedback and, and ask other people their own histories and their own stories, which is what I love about what you're doing, Joshua, because you're, you're pulling those stories out. And even in this conversation that may help someone in theirs. And so I would, I, I would recommend that leaders ask other leaders for their stories too. Mm-hmm. ask them, what was, what's the most difficult thing that you face in the position that you're in now? Yeah. What's a lesson that you learned early that might help me in that too. I remember asking that question to a professor when I was working on my master's degree and he was a retired administrator and I'll never forget what he said. He said, um, well, probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that I was probably as a decision maker, I was probably right about 25% of the time. And I just remember like thinking, what? And he was like, you'll (laughs) learn pretty quickly that you think you're a good decision maker. But as you, as you move into these positions, you're going to learn when you look back that sometimes you made the wrong decisions and sometimes you made the right ones. But if you can make sure the right ones outweigh the wrong ones, then you'll, 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 you'll get better over time. And I remember when he said that I was terrified because I hate (laughs) making wrong decisions. You know, I want to be right. And, uh, but now that I'm an older leader and I look back, I realize you know, he was so correct. You know, you just, it's okay to realize that you, that you do not have to be perfect to do this work, but you don't learn those kinds of answers unless you ask the questions. So, yeah. so those are the three things that I would say um, is uh, be excellent in the work that you're doing, make every situation an interview opportunity, and then uh, ask others for feedback. Yeah. So I want to touch on the excellence piece because when I was a teacher trying to become an administrator, I remember my principal bringing me into the, my office or his office, I'm sorry. And I was sitting across from me. He said, Josh, what are you? And I just looked at him because I was like, this is obviously a trick question. And, and I was like, I don't understand what you're talking, like, what are you getting at? And he said, you're, you're an art teacher and you're a coach. Are you doing those jobs to the best of your ability? Or are you focused on too many other things? And I just sat there in silence for a while and really chewed on it because that was the feedback piece, right? He had a point and it was extremely strong and it was overwhelming because I was, I was focusing on all the other things I was trying to do outside of the classroom to show I was a good leader. And what I was doing was I was letting the other aspects of my life in my profession fail. Right. So, wow. um, what I think a great leader. Yeah. Oh, he was phenomenal. Um, what a great leader to give you that direct feedback. And, and yeah. sometimes the hardest people to take that feedback from are the ones who really care about you the most in mm-hmm. like your wife, for instance, or, or, <laughs> yeah. or your children. Um, and so, uh, or the, or your coworkers. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to have a posture of when someone's providing you feedback to listen first Mm -hmm. and then try to figure out from that. Now, sometimes people provide you feedback because they simply just want to be negative. And so you kind of have to learn to how to assess that, that information and decide if it's, if it, if it, if it's true or if it's applicable. And if you're not sure, reach out to someone else who you trust and just say, can I reflect on this with you? Cause that's happened too in situations. And the more you, uh, the, the longer you're in leadership, the more feedback you get, both positive and negative. Um, but I think when you have a posture that's open for that kind of feedback, then you have the opportunity to keep growing. But man, that's that's a great story. 
So William, I want everyone that's listening to be able to connect with you on social media. So how can they do that? Well, the easiest way is to first just visit my website. It's a williamdparker.com. And if you want to follow the link there to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, then I'll send you a quick little free ebook that's called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders. It's it's excellent for aspiring leaders, especially. Yeah. And then second, you can find me um, several places on Twitter. You can find me at WilliamDP or Instagram at William underscore D underscore Parker, or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. But um, it's not hard to find me, but just search for William D. Parker, Principal Matters, and I'll pop up somewhere. Well, for everyone listening, make sure that you're connecting with William. Definitely check out his book too, Pause, Breathe, Flourish. It's phenomenal. You will not be <laughs> disappointed with that purchase. I promise you it's going to help you. Um, man, William, I could talk to you all night. It felt like sitting across the table drinking coffee. Um, this conversation went so fast. Well, Joshua, I want you to, I want you, I want to remind listeners, your listeners and mine to go yeah. on to iTunes to your podcast, Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, and give you a five-star rating today because every time someone rates a podcast, it's going to increase the viewership. So I want people to go check out Joshua Stamper's podcast, subscribe to it, share it with friends and make sure that they know, especially aspiring leaders, that Joshua's content is available to enrich your leadership. So thank you, Joshua, so much. And, and remind me of your social media contact too. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. And then you can find me on my website at joshstamper.com. Awesome. Well, Joshua, thank you for the opportunity. And it's been a privilege getting to know you. And I will tell Jimmy Costas a big thank you for introducing us. He's amazing. <laughs> thank you again, William. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.